We had the game of the year on Sunday in week 10 between the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. We break that down. Talk about Jeff Saturday's first win as an Indianapolis Colts head coach. Also talk about the Green Bay Packers and their thrilling win. Coming up next here on Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, so that means you have me, Kevin Ostrecker, one of the many NFL experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're here again on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for tuning in with us today, making us your first listen of the air free and available on all platforms, including over on YouTube. And today we're going to be breaking down the biggest stories from across the NFL with local experts from our Network and today's episode of Locked On NFL is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Picks rejection, you point us to ten times money on your entry. First time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. And and I say it every week. Crazy NFL Sunday, but week ten, man. <laughs> Lived up to the billing. We had the game of the year, hands down, 100% game of the year between the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk about that with Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings in the second segment. In the first segment, we'll talk about Jeff Saturday. What a crazy week it was for the Colts to talk with Zach Hicks of Locked on Colts about Jeff Saturday's first win as the Indianapolis Colts head coach. And then in the final segment, we'll talk with Peter Bukowski of Locked on Packers about their thrilling win overtime over the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll start off here with Zach Hicks of Locked On Colts talking about Jeff Saturday and that Colts team. But the Indianapolis Colts get a win and it's under new head coach Jeff Saturday here to talk about that and more with me is Zach Hicks, one of the hosts over at Locked On Colts. And Zach, I tell you, the week was crazy for the Colts, but it resulted in a win under Jeff Saturday with Matt Ryan starting at quarterback. I mean, just how impressive was this considering all the moving pieces that happened throughout the week? You know, it's fascinating. We see this in, in every single sport. You know, it could be hockey, basketball, baseball, and even football. You know, these interim coaches, every time they come in, it feels like that first game or two is like this grace period where the team is good. Like the team looks really good. It's always it's always the case. It's so weird. But this was one of those really weird unprecedented uh, situations where this coach was not associated with the team outside of a consultant role. You know, he came in from ESPN to, to coach this team and he had to basically build a rapport with the entire staff. He had to take on head coaching duties for the first time, basically ever. Like he did stuff in high school, but the NFL is obviously a completely different game. Uh, and you know what? He handled it pretty well. You know, he went out there. There weren't very like glaring clock mismanagements or anything like that. There wasn't any big issues with that or, or just how the game like the game flow went from a head coach perspective and and the Colts looked like they had more life for the first time in you know three four weeks so uh, hats off to Jeff Saturday you know he stepped in from his cushy ESPN job and and into uh, what looked like a dumpster fire and and he willed this Colts team to a victory over you know not a good Raiders team but you know a victory nonetheless in the NFL. Yeah, I still think it was impressive regardless. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on what your expectations were coming into this game versus what actually happened because I'm sure they were pretty different. Yeah, I will say going into this game, 
I, I was kind of of the of the mindset that the NFL is so weird that the Colts are 100% going to win this game because that's just the NFL is the weirdest place. But uh, in all real reality, you know, I thought Sam Ellinger was going to be the starter coming into this one. We all kind of expected it. And then things kind of changed right all the way up until kickoff. You know, they kind of made the switch there to Matt Ryan. And I think if I would have known Matt Ryan was going to be the starter all week, I would have felt pretty, pretty decent about the Colts, at least coming out with some life. Uh, yeah. With Matt Ryan out there, it looked like everything settled down and the Colts looked like, you know, again, they're, they're not a great team, but they're not a bottom of the league team. You know, they're not this worst team in all of football. They're just not a great team. Uh, and they kind of show that today, you know, they beat up on a bad team, but again, with all the circumstances and everything that happened this week, hats off to everyone involved with this victory. Yeah. And, and let's talk about Ryan for a second, because it, it was kind of a shocking decision all around where there were rumblings throughout the day and really throughout the week that, Hey, if things don't go well with Sam Ellinger, maybe they go back to Matt Ryan next week, but this happened all in a blink of an eye. And so, do you think this was the right decision, Zach, for them to go back to Ryan? And, and how do you think he actually played? It's tough to say right decision or wrong decision because I can look at it as a fan, someone who's disconnected from the franchise and say, look, the Colts are probably not going to make the playoffs this year. And they're probably not going to go even further than that if they did make the playoffs. You know, they're probably not a Super Bowl team this year. So starting, you know, this this 38-year-old quarterback who you've already benched, you know, bringing him back, it probably doesn't help the future any bit. But if you're someone associated with the team, if you're in that locker room, if you're all these guys who, you know, these last couple of weeks, you've had a lot of gut punches. You know, you had Matt Ryan benched. You had your offense coordinator fired. You had your head coach fired. You know, it kind of inspires you a little bit more if you're going to the better quarterback. Because at the end of the day, you can be intrigued by Sam Ellinger. But at the end of the day, Matt Ryan is the better quarterback, no matter what age Matt Ryan is. He's the better quarterback in that situation. Uh, so if you're a players on the field who, you know, your, your livelihood is on stick every time you go out there and you need wins and you need production to, to make more and more money, you want the better quarterback out there with you. So I do think it, it's, a, it's a good thing for guys in the locker room. It's a good thing for guys, you know, whose jobs are on the line. Jeff Saturday, uh, Chris Ballard, guys who need wins to, to move forward. But I think as a fan, someone sitting out, someone away from the organization, you probably would rather than, you know, tank out and get CJ Stroud or something like that. But you know, if you're if you're the guys in the organization, you want that win, and Matt Ryan gives you the best chance of that win. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think when you're talking about expectations for the rest of the season, Zach, it could be all over the place depending on where you are with the team. Because you're now, if you're Indianapolis, a four, five, and one football team, do you think this almost like puts them back into, oh, hey, maybe we could make a run at a wild card spot here, or do you still think that they need to show a lot more for that? I do think they need to show a lot more, but you know, it, it's tough. Cause I think you can always convince yourself of anything. You can look at all the scenarios and say, Oh, we have this, this percentage chance of making the playoffs. And until we're mathematically out, we're never out. You know, we've seen crazier things happen. But uh, when you look at this cold schedule going forward, they have uh, the Eagles this upcoming week. They have the Cowboys in two weeks. They had the Vikings after the bye. They have the giants in the second to last week of the season. They have the chargers in there too. It's a lot of really, really tough games. I mean, they're playing, what, four of the top six teams in all of football down the stretch? Uh, that, I mean, look, if you beat those teams and you get into the playoff hunt, then, yeah, you deserve to be there because you're beating some of the best teams in football. But I do think this next week will be the one where we can really tell, like, can the Colts turn it around? You know, if they can beat the Eagles this next week, then, yeah, they have a good chance of turning this around because they're going to be riding that high. But if they come out and they look flat and they lose to the Eagles or, or they get beat up by the Eagles, then – they're probably who we've kind of seen throughout the first half of the season. You know, a team that is not a bottom dweller or a basement dweller, but not particularly good either. Right. And, and that makes sense. And when talking about expectations for Jeff Saturday, Zach, for the rest of the season here, is he kind of, I guess, 
auditions in a way for this job. Yeah. What what do you expect from him? Yeah, the biggest thing that I can really expect from him going forward is just kind of doing what he's been doing. I mean, look, this, this whole week has been a disaster. That 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 press conference could have been the perfect time to clarify everything. You know, the press conference with Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard, and Jeff Saturday could have been the perfect time to say, look, I'm bringing in someone I trust. I know it looks crazy, but I really trust Jeff Saturday, and I really believe in him. That's all you had to say. Instead, it became this really weird press conference that made this whole story so much worse and weirder. Uh, but with everything that's going on, Jeff Saturday's kind of been the, the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, he's been a guy who's handled it with class, maturity. And then, obviously, again, this game this past weekend or you know, on Sunday here uh, was kind of the perfect epitome of that. He came out and he did his thing, and, and the Colts looked good. So, honestly, for him, I just think he needs to keep doing what he's doing. Just keep showing that class, that maturity, keep inspiring these guys and having this Colts team play hard. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he is the coach next year for the Colts, or maybe he's moved to a front office role or something like that. But he just needs to keep doing what he's doing because so far so good with Jeff Saturday, just both on the field and off the field, the way he's handled everything. Uh, I've been super impressed with him, especially in a, basically in a no win situation for him. Right. It's, it's a super intriguing situation overall. It's like, what's, what's going to happen next really every day with the Colts now, right. but I do have a, one final question here for you, Zach. It, it is, I'd say one that it could be tough, but who are the Indianapolis Colts right now? <laughs> I don't know, man. Your, your, your guess is as good as mine. I, I think they are a talented team that I, I just don't think it's in the cards this season. I, I just don't think it is. I think whether it was just not being inspired early in the year, whether it was injuries, whether it was just dysfunction or something, uh, this season went awry early, and I don't think any just Saturday magic is going to completely fix it. Uh, but I do think they're kind of trying to find their identity the rest of the year, and that's going to be the biggest key for them going forward. It's, you know, it's not – necessarily about wins and losses going forward it's really about finding your identity finding things that work and just playing decent football like it, it doesn't need to be perfect you don't need to win every single game but you can't turn the ball over 10 times a game you can't take 10 sacks a game like they did against the Patriots something like that you know they need to be at least kind of consistent and, and looking like an actual NFL team as long as they do that the rest of the year then I'm feeling better about their future yeah, they do have some tough games at the end of that schedule, yeah. but we'll see if some Jeff Saturday magic is in store for this Colts team moving forward. And to check out more of Zach's work, be sure to check out the Locked on Colts podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Zach, I appreciate you. Thanks for joining me. The Colts are a team that, you know, four, five, and one. I think their season isn't completely over yet, but they do have a lot of work to do. But who knows? Maybe Jeff Saturday and Matt Ryan can be that quarterback coach duo that they needed to jumpstart their season. But coming up here in the second segment of Lockdown NFL, we'll be talking with Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings about the game of the year, the catch of the year, and so much more coming up here on the show. But first, today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Total Wine and More. This holiday, find what you love at Total Wine and More with so many great bottles to choose from. It's really easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. Know with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price possible. Find what you love, love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. The experience is great when you shop at Total Wine and More. Super helpful and super great choices. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Welcome back to Locked on NFL here on Monday. Kevin Ostrak, your host, still here with you. And thank you so much for tuning in with us, making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to make your second listen of the day. Locked on sports today. 
from the games that matter the most of the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights the only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on this app youtube and wherever you get your podcast but now we're going to be diving into again i'm saying it it is the game of the year hands down between minnesota and buffalo an overtime game which just went so many different directions we have luke braun here with us to break it all down coming up now well, what a game. The Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills game of the year. Absolutely. Here to break it all down with me, Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings. And I'm not sure Luke is fully recovered from that game. <laughs> it is the, the Vikings win an absolute thriller. I mean, take me through the emotions of that game. I'm sure you're just you're unbelievable yeah. right now. <laughs> Look, I'm a seasoned veteran of Vikings games. All right. The last like two or three years have been a test of faith. We've seen games like this, but never against a team like that. You know, I mean, these are the bills. These are the Super Bowl favorites uh, and with good reason. And to kind of keep up toe to toe, we were just talking before uh, the recording, like when the fourth and goal sneak fails, they got fourth and inches, goal line sneak doesn't get there. Bills take over on downs and it looks like they can basically kneel the clock out if they can get out from the end zone. And I'm there, I'm thinking, man, they got within an inch of beating the bills. You can feel okay about that. You know, you go, ah, tough game, a lot of stuff to clean up, a lot of stuff that didn't go right, but you can feel okay about getting within an inch of the bills. And then the fumble, and they actually get a chance to really steal that game. And now we don't even have to make that excuse. We don't even have to start talking ourselves into moral victories. They just got the real one. They got the the actual victory that counts. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I think there were so many people that stepped up in contributed to this win. I mean, there's the picture we were talking about it all. Fair Luca, Justin Jefferson with mm-hmm. catch of a lifetime with the guy just draped mm-hmm. all over him. Kirk Cousins making some throws, defense stepping up. I mean, who in this game, even Dalvin Cook with the 81 yarder, who in this game, Patrick Peterson got the game ball, and we now know that based off the chains. But <laughs> the who in your mind, yes, who, who in your mind got those game changes? Did Peterson deserve it or did it should have gone to someone else? I mean, you could probably list out about six names and not be wrong, right? But- Peterson, I totally get it. Jefferson, give it to Kirk. Um, I could give it to a couple of depths guys. That and Kevin O'Connell loves to do this in the locker room after games. He'll give like ten game balls out, which costs him like thousands of dollars each. And his wife is like, "Can you please stop doing that?" And he won't. <laughs> but you know, a couple of, of depth guys. Blake Brandell comes in for Christian Darasaw, who was out with a concussion. Darasaw genuinely has an argument for being the best offensive tackle in the league this year. Losing him is a huge, huge blow. Brandell comes in, does admirably. Duke Shelley, fourth string outside corner coming in. Guy who we just took off the Bears practice squad comes in uh, with a couple of injuries in the secondary and makes a game-saving pass breakup before Patrick Peterson gets the the clinching interception in in overtime. Um, Yeah, gosh, that's just to, to name a couple, but there's all kinds of crazy plays out here. Um, you know, Daniil Hunter, lots of impacts at area Smith. Those guys were flushing Josh Allen out a lot. And then Allen would roll out, make the kind of play he always makes, but that's that kind of influence. And you just have to be able to capitalize. Um, but man, the bills make a lot of plays in a game, don't they? And to overcome that. Yeah. You got to kind of match them blow for blow. And the Vikings really did. You do. And I think part of this, which is so great for the Vikings, Luke, is the fact that, look, this was you're on the road in Buffalo, which is a tough place to play, first of all. But this was like playoff atmosphere, even Super yeah. Bowl atmosphere like this. I think <laughs> going forward, this is a huge game for the Vikings to know that, hey, we can do this. We can go into Buffalo. We can go into a team that right. maybe we're a little bit of an underdog against. Go in there and come out with a win. Yeah, I mean, going into a road environment, a hostile road environment, 
possibly inclement weather and getting put in a hole 17 points down in the second half and being able to come out of that and say, no, we actually can win this game against an elite team. You know, this certainly is not doing this against, you know, some cupcake. This is not like the time they came back from being, or they, they let the bears come back from a three score game and then had to do a comeback win against, you know, the bears who aren't going to be in the playoffs. No, this is a bills man. And if you want to win in the postseason, unless you are those bills, unless you are that elite team, you kind of need to prove that you can go shock someone on the road. Because if you're not the number one seed, you're going to be a road underdog at some point. Got to be able to do it. So that's there's your proof. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of this, Luke, is is the vibes of this team. The vibes are on an all t- all-time high. This is a likable football team. They, they are the national darling right now with the Kirk chains and all the chains are given out and everything. Hey, Kirk, I, mean, I know, it's it's great. What are, what are the vibes right now surrounding this team? Because I, I think they're great. I mean, yeah, it's electric, right? They're all having so much fun. You see the smiles. Um, I think Zadarius Smith has, I mean, he kind of instantly was a leader the second he walked in the building as a the veteran he is and just the electric personality that he is. You do cover the Ravens, you know. Um, and he's just all, grinning ear to ear every day, you know. I mean, he's just this, like, exciting electric personality. You get, like, the goofball vibes of Justin Jefferson and a couple of guys in the secondary that he hangs out with. And um, they're, you know, they're, they're, like, bringing Kirk Cousins' dorky dad into, like, the chains and stuff. It's so much fun and it's it's just kind of leaving the realm of being a football season and entering the realm of of being an experience that you remember for better or worse however it ends this is an experience right now you know um it, there's yeah there's there's never going to be too much to say o'connell has really installed a very positive culture now what culture isn't feeling good when you're eight and one um, so I, I, I've, I've kind of been saying all year, let's see them take a couple losses in a row and kind of see how they respond to that. Uh, or don't, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to, if you're eight and one, you're eight and one. And that's it. <laughs> or just never do that. Yeah. This, this is an eight and one football team. I don't know what your reaction would have been if I told you that before the season, if I said, Hey Luke, week 10's passed. The Vikings are eight and one. I would have called you insane. <laughs> yeah, They're like, eight and one and they just beat the bills in Buffalo in overtime. And the bills are as good as you think they are. It'd be like, right. you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is incredible. What the Vikings have done this year, but my final question for you, Luke, is it's a simple one. Who are the Minnesota Vikings right now? I think you just saw who they are. They are imperfect. They are sloppy. They are. Um, I, they, yeah. I think that game is everything that they are. Um, they are inconsistent, but they fight, they scrap. They are, they don't have an ounce of quit in them. And they are never out of a game. They have come back down from two scores now on the road two weeks in a row. They're never out of it. Don't count them out. Um, And especially don't count them out of the standings because they're hot on Philly's heels. Yep, Philly's still undefeated. This is the time we record this. So the Eagles play on Monday, but then you have the Vikings at eight and one, and then the Seahawks are next in that NFC at six and four. So the Vikings, they are well positioned, especially in the NFC North, which feels all but theirs right now. They have the clear cut favorites. Yeah, it would we'll be see. a miracle. Which hey, yeah. apparently miracles happen. <laughs> We're seeing it right now. Minnesota's pulling off some miracles themselves, no, but nobody's I counting think, any chickens. But I it would know, be a pretty astounding thing if yeah. the Packers came back and took that. I think it would have to be the Packers. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. But the Vikings right now in a good position. And if you want to hear more about them, be sure to check out Luke's work over at the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, Luke. Thanks so much. 
I don't think there's going to be a game that tops that one this year. It was just so incredible in so many different ways. But there was another incredible game. We'll be talking about that in the final segment with Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers, that Packers and Cowboys matchup. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to dive into here on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is sponsored by Prize Picks. And I love fantasy. I had a an interesting week of fantasy. So many quarterback changes all across the league here. But if you want a different twist on fantasy, be sure to try out prize picks. And there are so many things I like about prize picks, such as how many entries you can have and how easy it is to use, especially their format and how it works is you pick two to five players. And if they will go score more or less in their prize pick projection, you go into 10 times money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. So as you get the projections available, prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NFL, the NBA, you have MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So not all the price picks app. Go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So that means if you deposit $100, price will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price space will give you $50. Don't forget to the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. We're back here rounding out Locked on NFL on this Monday. Kevin Ostrick here, still here talking football with you again. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well. Make your second listen, Locked on Sports today. But now we're going to talk with Peter Bukowski of Locked on Packers. The Packers get back in the win column. Christian Watson actually touchdowns. We'll talk about their win over Dallas now. Well, the Green Bay Packers played in the second game of the week against the Dallas Cowboys as that Minnesota Buffalo game was just wild and unbelievable. The Packers come out on top, though, 31-28 in overtime. Here to break it all down with me and just talk about who the Packers are. It's Peter Bukowski, the host over at Locked On Packers. And Peter, going through a game like that, I know the Packers have had a couple of those this year, but what about this one? Describe your emotions going through it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to be on here talking about a thrilling win, not a gut-wrenching loss where we all go, what the heck is going on with this team? It, it was it was a game where there is so much connective tissue, Kevin, not just the Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers of it all, but then Matt LaFleur coached under Dan Quinn in Atlanta, Rich Passaccia. There are so many connections um, with with these two teams, Aaron Rodgers. Owns the Dallas Cowboys uh, over the, I, I think the Cowboys are one in six now in the last seven games against Aaron Rodgers in, in the, the first drive of, of the game for the Packers, Christian Watson drops two passes and it's just sort of like, Oh my God, here we go again. This team, they don't have the firepower to hang with Dallas. And then in the second half, Watson goes absolutely in fuego makes three monster plays in this game, four catches um, and, and the fourth of there's three big plays, three for touchdowns. Three for touchdowns. Uh, the only other rookie receiver to do that to the Dallas Cowboys, a guy by the name of Randy Moss, ever heard of him. Four catches for 107 and, and three touchdowns in this game. And that was the jumpstart that this offense needed to get what was just a, a life-saving win. I mean, if they lose this game, their season's probably over. That's not overstating it. And who you mentioned Watson amazing. This was like the breakout game for Watson. Yeah. Was he the main catalyst for you? Or do you give a lot of credit to Rogers? Aaron Jones had a big game. Who was the catalyst in this one? Do you? Yes. I mean, that's the thing And this, this offense, because they don't have that high end pass catcher yet. And I, I still think by the way, Christian Watson can be that for all the preseason hyper on Romeo Dobbs, you go back to spring and the guy, everyone was super excited about in green Bay was Christian Watson. And Watson comes back healthy after being out for a couple weeks. And immediately he's getting snaps over Romeo Dobbs. They love this kid, but 
This was a game in which they ran the ball on a higher percentage of plays in any game that Aaron Rodgers has started. Over 60% of their plays were runs. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon delivered 207 yards on the ground in this game, over five yards of carry against a very, very good Cowboys front. And then they used play action on over 50% of their plays, of their passes. And so that two of the of the touchdowns to Christian Watson were off play action. And it's just, it is the kind of thing that you need for this offense to work. And Rodgers did everything in this game. He had a 146.7 passer rating, averaged over 11 yards and attempt in part because they didn't throw that much and they didn't have to throw that much. But when they did, they were highly, highly effective doing it. Sammy Watkins had three big catches in this game. Al Lazard, three big catches in this game, including a 36-yarder that set up the game-winning field goal in overtime. This is the kind of balance that this Packers offense needs to play with. They don't have Devontae Adams who can just eat the world for you every week. They need it to be. Rodgers got to make three, four awesome plays. Aaron Jones has got to carry the load offensively, and then you need your receivers. They each need to make two, three plays a game, and that's how you can win, and that's exactly what they did in this one. Yeah, and I, I want to go back to an earlier point you made, saying that, look, if they lost this game, their season effectively probably yeah. ends. So just how important was this really, literally a season-saving win here for the Packers? Well, you know, obviously three and three and seven feels a lot different than four and six, but, but just like from uh, an actual record standpoint, you look at some of these other teams, like they're not going to catch the Vikings in the division. Probably they're, they're not worried about the Eagles. Although Eagles are on the schedule, everyone else sitting in front of them currently in, in the standings in the NFC are either teams that they had on the schedule should have beat the giants blew that game should have beat the commanders blew that game, but they're a half game behind the commanders. You know, the, the bucks are five and five and, don't look like a great team. And then you've got all these NFC East teams. Who knows what the situation is going to be there? I'll add, if the Packers are able to sneak in, let's say they go 10 and 7, even 9 and 8, and sneak in as that 7 seed, and they go to Minnesota as the 2 seed in round 1, like Vikings fans, I promise you, Luke Braun does not want that. I, I absolutely promise you that that's the case. So this is after this game, I came out of it going, this team can get better because they made a big defensive switch, moving the safety Darnell Savage into the nickel with Eric Stokes, the corner um, out. They moved Russell Douglas around. Rudy Ford comes in and makes two big interceptions. That was that was a hugely impactful move by defensive coordinator Joe Barry. Christian Watson can get better and better. You get Romeo Dobbs off the, the IR. You get um, Randall Cobb off IR. All of a sudden, this team could start to look much more like the team that we thought they'd be coming in. And then all of a sudden, it's Aaron Rodgers in a one-game playoff situation. I mean, not, no one wants to see that in the NFC. Yeah, and we've just had a weird year of football this year. It's just, it's just been <laughs> yeah. weird. So I literally, I feel like anything can happen here. But Peter, I do want to end on a question, and I don't know how easy or hard it's going to be for you to answer, but it's, it's a simple one in theory. Who are the Green Bay Packers? <sighs> they are a, a flawed team that has the capabilities of playing with and beating any team in the league. But week to week, they're just inconsistent. I mean, that's that's just the reality of, of who they are right now. They are flawed. And, you know, I thought the, the end of the, the game was mismanaged from a time-wise by Matt LaFleur and, and Aaron Rodgers was not happy with those play calls. He wanted to go try and win the game. There, There's still so much talent. Uh, I didn't even mention Devondre Campbell, who also didn't play in this game last year, an all-pro at linebacker. There's still so much talent on this team that they can be so much better. It's part of the reason why, Kevin, that this season has been so frustrating because you just know what this team is capable of, and they haven't played to that potential for a number of different reasons. If they can lean on the run game, and they've done it now against 
some really good defenses, the Bills over 200 yards, the Cowboys over 200 yards. That's real. Like, if they can do it against those teams, they can do it against anyone. Then it's a matter of not doing what they did against the Lions and throwing interceptions in the red zone. Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions uh, inside the, the Lions' 30-yard line, and two of them were inside the five. You just can't win games doing stuff like that. So if they eliminate some of those stupid mistakes, Aaron Rodgers talked after the game about the difference between I and I. That's the difference between this team right now is they beat themselves. And if they would just stop doing that, they would be a really, really dangerous team. We saw, we saw maybe the beginning of that. They've given themselves a chance to rectify a season that has gone wrong in so, so many ways. And the Dallas Cowboys, I just want to end with a great stat here for you, Kev. 195 games they had played the Dallas Cowboys organization with a two-touchdown lead. They were 195-0 and 0 until this game. So, and Aaron Rodgers is now among quarterbacks in the modern era, has is tied for the most wins in a game where he trailed by 14 or more going into the fourth quarter. So it is, again, he is that dude. We know he is that dude. He wasn't playing like that dude. But if he can moving forward, we saw it in 2016 in the run the table stretch. They can still be so dangerous because this team on both sides of the ball can still get so much better. Mm, what a stat. What a, what a stat that is. And this could be a huge stepping stone for the Packers moving forward, especially again, they can sneak in as a wild card. I think they could potentially be one of those sleeper teams with the talent they have and with Aaron Rodgers there. Of course, that is something you cannot ignore. So I'm excited to see what the Packers do. But for more on Peter's work, go check out the Locked On Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Peter, thanks so much. Super, super impressed with Green Bay in this one. Battled back, and, and again, they got their season potentially back on track here. Definitely a season-saving win, but we'll see what they can do with it moving forward. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. And when we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.